What a great start to our worship service as we celebrate the Lord our God and, of course, uh, those uh, that he uh, uh, commends through confirmation. A couple of announcements I, I have for you this morning. Um, first, uh, I remind you that, ha- that might have children or youth in your home, and I remind the children and youth that our uh, 1914 puppet ministry begins its fall work next Sunday afternoon. Now, parents, it's always useful for you to come to the, the meeting. Uh, Jason Ald, our puppet leader, and some others will be there uh, leading. That is one of the long-term uh, successful ministries of our church for children and youth, and it's just wonderful if you can uh, come and, and join up. So if you're in grade school or junior high, um, come on up and, and be part of that. In your bulletin, you've uh, got a sheet that says week minus one. Week minus one means that next week, Pastor Keith and I begin a 12-week journey with you unpacking our mission statement, the mission statement of this church. Uh, that mission statement is printed right there in the block in the, block, uh, in the middle of the page. And we're asking you, as, as our uh, last opportunity to kind of get prepared for that this week, uh, to jot some comments down or jot a question that you might have about where it is that we're going as a church or a question you might have about maybe a direction that, that God is leading you to tell us that we might take. So take a look at that and just flip that sheet over if you would. And on the back side of that uh, sheet, uh, you'll find uh, the bulk of our agenda for church council tomorrow night. And if you are a friend or member of First United Methodist Church, uh, of course, you are invited to that. Our services here, if you're visiting with us, are always based on the Holy Scriptures of God, the Old and New Testament. The pastors preach me, uh, messages that, that, that seek to challenge us to not only know the Scriptures, but to engage in a biblical lifestyle and the biblical worldview. Pastor Keith aims to do just that this morning. The foundation upon which he shall stand and preach comes to us from Matthew 26, beginning at the sixth verse. The words are on the screen. They're also in the Bibles on your your cell phones, in the pews, and in your hands. Uh, Read along uh, quietly with me as I read to you aloud. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor will always you will have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured the perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, throughout the entire world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. May God add his blessing to our reading of the scripture, our pursuit of living it out in our lives. May we pray. Oh, holy God, what a fantastic morning it is to be in worship together. One of those days, Lord, where even though so many are are struggling with the the rainfall that has come into their neighborhoods, Lord, in different places in our globe. Uh, We didn't mind getting wet today with a little of that rain on our heads because we desired it so much. And we're reminded by that rain, Lord, on how it replenishes our crops and our, our grass on how much your spirit 
replenishes us because you are the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings, the Ancient of Days, the Great I Am, our Great Jehovah. And Lord, we seek to love you and care for you and serve you with our heart first and then with every aspect of our lives. We praise you for who you are and we see a magnitude of things that you have done in the world around us. Lord, today we praise you for your, for your children and youth whom you love so much. We pray for all of these confirmation students that come this morning to be confirmed and their families on this exciting day as they declare their faith in you before all of us. We lift them up in love and faith as your Holy Spirit claims them as his own. And Lord God, we give praise and thanks to you for giving them wonderfully dedicated teachers, not only teachers that were dedicated to the students themselves, but that have first dedicated their lives to you and therefore have something to share with these students. We also pray for our friends today who have been hospitalized. By name, we remember Artie Moline, Cheryl Andrews, Maxine Patton, and Joyce Held. May your healing hands give them strength as they recuperate. We also pray for others today who have been under doctor's care and treatments, who have procedures or treatments, who are in places near and far off receiving various helps by doctors. And Lord, we take pause to lift up Lee and Elaine Kopik and their family following the difficult death of their son Mike this week. Wrap your arms of love around them, Lord, and give them your strength and comfort as they go through this very difficult time. May we also surround them with our love and support during their time of grieving. All of these things we bring to you this morning, our prayers for those we have named as well as the ones we speak in our hearts. And Lord, we pray for Pastor Keith who comes now to stand before you first and before us secondly, to seek to speak the words that you would have for these students and this congregation. Allow, Lord, your Holy Spirit to flow through him so that he might go uh, without impediment to sharing your truth. Lord, all these prayers, we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us the prayer that we know is perfect, and we say it together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Are you ready? Hey, confirmation kids, are you guys ready to do this? You seemed real excited up there when you were talking. You did a great job. Hey, let's talk about this scripture for a couple minutes. I want to welcome all of you to be here. All of you uh, family members, friends, guests, distinguished people. That's you, Pastor Mike. All right. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, it's, it's glad, I'm so glad to, to, to be here to, to be able to share this, this confirmation message with you guys. This is the first time that Pastor Mike hasn't preached the confirmation sermon. So I feel pretty honored that I get to do that today. And I want to talk to you guys about a couple things. And it's all wrapped up in this idea that we read in this scripture about this. I want you to ask this question in your mind. Where will you pour your perfume? Have you ever been around somebody who 
gets a little liberal with perfume, right? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. You, you, and here's the thing. It's not always the girls. There are some dudes that, like, go crazy with the axe or whatever they call that stuff. And you, you can smell them a mile away. Did you guys know that there are churches that have little sections for people who don't want to sit near others with perfume? You know? I, I, have you seen those before? Because some people are allergic to it. So they have, like, little sections where, where you go if you don't want to be around perfume. I think it should be the other way around. I think it should be if you wear too much perfume, you have to go over here. So you have like an usher who just kind of walks in and says, hold on, all right, you're over here, you're over there. Because, I mean, seriously, when someone goes overboard with perfume, it's just obnoxious, isn't it? It's inappropriate. I mean, perfume is meant to be, or cologne is meant to be something that you keep for a long time, that you, lo- that you use in very small amounts. I mean, I got this bottle of, of cologne that my in-laws gave me for Christmas like six years ago, and there's probably nine-tenths of it left. Because you just use a little bit here and there. I don't, I don't do that. Sorry, that's gross. Um, yeah. If a man of... Fellas, don't ever do this with perfume, okay? Don't... Just kind of... Don't do that. But think about... Okay, so now we're going to transition into Simon the leper's house. Okay? Simon the leper. Jesus is at this guy's house. And this amazing thing happens. You know? First of all, how... Simon the leper, what's the deal with this guy? I mean, does he have a sign on his door that says, hi, Simon the leper lives here? I bet that keeps away the Jehovah's Witnesses pretty good, you know, the leper. So they're having a meal at Simon the leper's house. And I I was thinking about that this morning. And I'm like, what do they serve there? Finger food? (laughs) Head cheese? I don't know. Angel hair pasta? I don't, I don't know. But I do have a point, okay? My, my point is this. This house is not used to smelling like expensive perfume, okay? This is a, this is a, a first century ancient home where you have dirt roads and dirt floors and and I don't even know if deodorant had been invented yet but probably not and these disciples who are homeless wanderers come into this house they sit down for this meal and then this this woman finds Jesus there and in her opportunity to express her love and devotion to Jesus she doesn't just walk up to Jesus and kind of go oh here you go Jesus a little bit of this nice perfume just thought you might like to try a sample no she takes the whole thing and dumps it out all over him. Now, there are, are, there are two reactions to this, right? There are two reactions. The, the disciples, the religious people, look at this, and they're like, this is crazy. This expensive perfume, and of course, you know, there, there are people way more educated than I am that will tell you how much this perfume must have cost back in the day. And I'll, I'll tell you, this, it was in the, the you know, Tens of thousands of dollars people assigned the value of this perfume based on what it was. And when she had a chance to pour it on Jesus, she was not stingy with it at all, was she? She dumped everything onto Jesus. And what's significant about that? Because that perfume was the best and the most valuable thing she owned. And when she had her opportunity to bring it to Jesus, she gave it everything she had. And the disciples looked at that and said, that's a waste. That's inappropriate. That's not the way you're supposed to do things. You're getting a little carried away. You're getting a little overboard. And surely there are more important things you could have done with that. So that's reaction one. And notice that it comes from the religious people, right? The church people. 
Well, the second reaction comes from Jesus, who looks at this experience, and first and foremost, he defends this woman, and then he says, what she has done is a beautiful thing. She's prepared me for my burial. And then he does something, something really amazing. He honors her, and he says, says that because of what she has done, everywhere the gospel is spoken of, this story will be told. So he honors her. So two reactions happen when, when a person has an opportunity to worship Jesus and they dump it out all over Jesus. Now, the question I have for you confirmation kids and for your families and for all of us here is what are you going to do with your perfume? What are you going to do with your most valuable possession? Where are you going to pour it out? Because really, worship is about pouring out that which you have, that which is most important to you. And, and understand this. Every single person will pour out their worship someplace. That's why we were created. Human beings were. Now, I know some people say, well, I'm not religious. I don't do the church thing. I don't have all that going on. It doesn't make a difference. You'll just pour your perfume out someplace else. Maybe you'll pour it out on your, on your favorite team on Saturday. Maybe you'll pour it out on your favorite musician. Or maybe you'll pour it out on yourself. Or maybe you'll pour it out on some. But hey, make no mistake, you will worship something because it's part of who you are. The question is, will what you worship honor you the way Jesus does or dishonor you? <clears throat> now, if you're a Cyclone fan, if you poured out your worship there, man, you got dishonored yesterday. <clears throat> and if you're a Hawkeye fan, don't get too arrogant, all right? <clears throat> but it's true, isn't it? I mean, some people get real worked up. They do their best. They pour out their, their, their very best for places and stuff and different things like that. Confirmation kids, I want you to think about this because here's the deal. You, you guys have given so much to this last year and your parents have too, okay? Because I've I've had two kids go through confirmation last year. I have one going through it this year. And man, parents, it's a deal, isn't it? You know, you're looking at that thing and you're like, well, who's getting confirmed here, you know? But here's the thing. It's a lot of work. You've put so much into this. But here's the thing I want you to consider when it comes to confirmation, do you view confirmation as the end of something or as the beginning of something? And here's what I mean. You all know the, the stereotypical church trustees joke, right? How, how do you get rid of bats in the attic of a church? Send them through confirmation. Give them a membership certificate. <laughs> because it seems to me almost every year, like there's this like black hole that happens after confirmation. It's, it's almost as if we can have this mindset of, Whew, glad that's over. Now I don't have to go to church for 10 years. I want you to think about this, kids. And I want you to think about this, parents. Is what you've given yourself to in the last year and the vows that you're about to take and the experience that you've had, is do you view that as the end of something or do you view it as the beginning of something? Now, I think you know where I'm going to go with this, okay? I think that when you look at your opportunity to worship Jesus through this experience, God's given you this tremendous gift. And the question is, what are you going to do with it? Where are you going to pour yourself out? You see, this perfume that this woman had was everything that she had. It was her ultimate act of worship. And I want to define worship by saying it this way. Worship is giving to God all the very best of what you have that means the most to you. But it's not just about that thing. It's about what? Your heart behind it. You see, that woman could have walked up to Jesus and went, oh, there's Jesus. 
dumped her perfume on him and walked out. But clearly what she did demonstrated that first and foremost, she had a love for Jesus that went beyond her love for anyone or anything else. And that's what Jesus was honoring. He didn't need perfume. What he needed was the love and devotion and the extravagant nature of this woman's willingness to give her very best of what she had to him. Now, You kids could go through this whole experience. You can say your lines. You can get a piece of paper. Pastor Mike and I can lay hands on you. You can have a party with your parents later. All of that stuff can happen. And you can walk out of here and be no closer to the Lord Jesus than you were when you first started. Now, I know that might seem crazy, but people do that kind of thing all the time. Because some people view this type of stuff in the church as, well, it's just what you do. When your baby's born, you get them baptized. When they're in seventh grade, you go through confirmation. You know, all this type of stuff. You know what? I'm going to tell you something right now. It's just a piece of paper if in your heart it hasn't been made real. Because your real confirmation comes not when we hand you a sheet of paper, but when you walk out these doors. That's when you prove whether or not you were truly confirmed. And I look at this group here in front of me, and I think to myself, wow, what in the world will this smell like when these teenagers dump out their perfume? I believe that the aroma of what you have to offer the kingdom of God will make this place smell so good and will make this world smell so good. And I'm going to ask you today to not be chintzy with it. I'm going to ask you today that when you consider what Jesus has done, that you would would take what God has given you, the very best of it, and that when you have your opportunity, which is coming before you, that you would dump that all over God with a heart of devotion. Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus connects this, this whole experience with his burial. Did you catch that? How he said, you know, what she has done for me is to prepare me for my burial? Now, that's a little bit strange, isn't it? I don't think the disciples understood that. But I want you to consider, consider how this prepares Jesus for his burial. Because Jesus wasn't a rich person, was he? Jesus didn't have lots of perfume. But he had something that was to be poured out, didn't he? And when his opportunity came to pour out what he had as he went to the cross... Jesus Christ did not approach the cross and with a very liberal dose, just sort of kind of give it a little dab of his blood here and a little dab of his blood there and sprinkle it and save the rest for a good opportunity or a good occasion later. No, when Jesus Christ had the opportunity to come before God the Father and say, this is what I'm offering. This is the amount of love I have. This is everything that you've given me. He opened his body and he broke his body and everything he had was spilled out and poured out on this world on the cross. And what she had done prepared him for that because first, before he could approach the cross with the ability to pour himself out, he had to die to his own self first. And in some way, this woman's act of devotion resonated with Jesus. And he kind of looked at her and he said, that's like what I'm going to do. You've poured out what was most valuable to you. I'm going to pour out what's most valuable to me for what is most valuable to me. 
You have that opportunity. You have so much that you can offer and that you can give and that you can pour out and you're going to pour it out someplace. I'm going to challenge you and Pastor Mike's going to challenge you and this church is going to challenge you. But most importantly, Jesus is going to challenge you. Pour it out on God. Because when everything else in this world that you'll give your worship to, and, and, and there's a lot of us in this room that have lived this truth, amen? We've poured ourselves out for stuff that's dishonored us, haven't we? I'm not just talking about the game. We've poured ourselves out for careers that in the end may have left our families broken and our bank accounts full, but our hearts empty. We, we've poured ourselves out for accomplishments and achievements that, that we have something on our wall, but we have a void in our hearts. We, we've poured ourselves out for, for all sorts of things that we expected to honor us, but in turn have dishonored us, haven't we? And what Jesus wants to save you from is making that mistake. So he would say, pour yourself out, pour your perfume out, whatever you have. Pour it out on God in worship. Offer him your very best. Now, you guys haven't got a clue what God wants to do through you. But I'll tell you this. There is no group of people sitting in this church right now that I believe have as much potential to change the world and the kingdom of God as a bunch of teenagers that are on fire for Jesus Christ. I've seen it before, and we're seeing it again, and I believe it with all my heart. Because there's something about an eighth grader, a tenth grader, whatever, that when they get fired up for God, they're like this woman. Because they don't have that, you know, that life experience of, oh, well, I can't really do that thing happening yet. So they just pour it all out. They just say what they want to say. They go crazy with it. They get carried away. And, and sometimes as adults and parents, we might have a tendency to say, well, let's just simmer down on that. You don't want to be some kind of fanatic. Hey, parents, let me tell you something. Let your kids be religious fanatics. Let them be Jesus freaks. Encourage them in that. Don't hold them back. And you kids, you lead the charge. I know that might sound weird. We talked about that Wednesday night at 412, didn't we? We had to talk about how what can happen when teenagers get fired up and how they can bring their parents. So you teenagers, listen to me. When your parents look at you next week and go, oh, sweet, we don't have to go to church because confirmation's over. <laughs> You'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm a member of this church. That's my church. I am a member of this church. Well, you're the future of the church, right? You ever hear people say that? You kids, we got to take care of them. They're the future of the... What did I say about that Wednesday night? That's right. You aren't the future of the church. You are the church now. You are just as much this church as anybody else is. This is your church. This is where God's placed you. This is the fire of God in your heart. You lead the way if you have to. I hope you don't have to lead the way. I hope, I hope your parents will lead the way to bring you back and, and to, to see you be involved. But if they won't do it, then you lead them. You can do it. God's poured himself out for us. The question is, are you ready to pour yourself out for him? Bless you guys. This group here, I look around, man, you guys are ready to do it. I see it all the time. And I believe with all my heart that as you do, there will be places and people where the gospel is preached. When you're 30 years old, someone's going to say, man, I'm in church today because, insert name, 
told me about Jesus. Maybe they'll be in another part of the country, maybe in another part of the world, but what God wants to do through you guys will be spoken of in this world as you pour out your very best for a God who's poured out his very best. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, pray for these kids and their families, Lord, and, and, and I ask God, Lord, that you would reveal to us how you gave it all, how you poured yourself out. And Lord, how this woman in this story serves as an example for us. Lord, she is honored. Father, may our lives bring you honor, Lord. And I pray for each of these students, God, that the fire of God would burn brightly in their souls and that nothing would put it out. In Jesus' name, amen.